Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Network, Colin Cowherd's Volume Network. And we created this podcast, this Thursday edition, special for our new partners when we joined the Volume Network. And it has quickly become really my favorite hour of the week. Thanks to producer Matt Mitchell, who dreamed up the entire thing and comes up with all of the zany questions that our panelists are going to answer in this Another edition of Thursday Thunderdome. This is where guests compete alongside my co-host, my BFF, the guy that I want to win, who I will tip the scales to make sure he does, professional sports better, Simon Hunter, in a battle of wagers and wits that makes the LSAT look like a game of boggle. Hello, Simon. Dad, thank you for the intro. I'm so happy you're so chipper today, even though, did you see what the Bears did this morning? They gave Nagy and your GM a three-year extension. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you <laughs> I am. Fucking- April Fool's. April Fool's, buddy. Oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I was going to let you sweat a little bit more, but the concern on your face, I thought you were about to have a, a brain vessel pop. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh my God. That was so good, Simon. I'm like, how could I have missed that? Even though my kid is in school, if something happens with the bears, he will find his phone and text me in addition to every alert that I get. Oh my God. Yeah. You're on tilt. I got you on tilt. (sighs) If you're as good through the rest of the show today, Simon, (laughs) you will be unbeatable. Today, you have two guest challengers. Our first guest is another close friend of mine, Former colleague at ESPN, brilliant writer, brilliant reporter, one of the most connected people in all of sports, the Hugh Hefner of Sports <laughs> Instagram, Rosh Markazi, host of the Rosh Markazi show on the Mightier 1090 in SoCal, LA Times columnist, ESPN contributor, Sports Illustrated contributor, contributing for the Action Network as of March Madness. Hello, my friend, Arash. Hello, Chad. Yes, I mean, the fun job that I have was the job that you created. And I think people thought, how in the world are you in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas? Chad Millman created covering the flight path between Los Angeles and Las Vegas. It was a tough job, Chad, but I found a way to pull it off. You did find a way to pull it off. And I remember I saved you because you were like (laughs) on the fucking Clippers beat. And we were sitting in the uh, ESPN office in LA at LA Live. And I'm like, why are you on the Clippers beat? You're not even very good at it. This is a terrible job for you. This was after the Clippers blew a 3-1 lead to Houston. And I said, Chad, I'm covering the same thing over and over again. They got Chris Paul and Blake Griffin and DeAndre Jordan. And like, it doesn't matter. They lose in the second round, like every single year. No one in Los Angeles cares about the Clippers. They hate this team. Please help me save me, Chad. And you did. Thank you. Oh, well, you know what? I did it for the good of the company. Uh, <laughs> you are going to be joined today by Action Network writer, analyst extraordinaire, BJ Cunningham, who joined us full time in later in 2020, had been contributing as a freelancer for a long time. He's not the only accountant turned sports writer. He is also not the only person on our team who is from Iowa. That's right, Chad. Thank you very much for, this is my first ever podcast, obviously, since I was an accountant. So it's an honor to be on the favorites today, competing for second place behind Simon. So thank you for having me. Wow, you're coming in hot. I like it. Lucky for him, I'm over too. So the odds are in your favor, but it is funny. You either could have been an accountant 
join the FBI or be an accountant and join the Action Network. Looks like you joined the Action Network. This is a lot more fun than just sitting in my cubicle scrolling Twitter all day. So, I mean, my goodness, if I thought Arash was in a bad, dark place covering the LA Clippers, <laughs> saved you from being a fucking accountant in Iowa. I mean, I was in a poorly lit state-run building for a long time, just sitting in a cubicle just wasting away the day, just betting sports. So. You're our very own, our very own Ron Livingston. Right. Exactly. It's that reference. Other than Matt Mitchell, who's 85 years old. All right. Here's how the game is played. Today, you'll answer two kinds of questions. First, traditional trivia questions about sports, sports betting, and the world at large, but also completely subjective and totally asinine, open-ended prompts that I alone will judge and give every advantage to Simon Hunter. To accumulate points, you must answer the trivia questions correctly and also, also convince me that your responses to those open-ended prompts are better than your opponents because just like sports betting, you can't get them all right. Let's begin. Today's opening day, part one, first segment. Okay, play ball. Opening day of the 2021 MLB season, folks. Let's talk baseball. Our first question is for you, BJ. You ready? Yep. Okay. By the way, also noted, the first time our other baseball writer, Sean Zarillo, made a podcast appearance was on The Favorites. He had never done a podcast before. I'm like, hey, come on. It's worked out really well for him. So this is a good omen for you. Can't go anywhere but up right now. Last month... (laughs) (laughs) Last month, 48-year-old Yankees manager Aaron Boone underwent surgery to implant this device, which helps the human heart beat more regularly. That would be a pacemaker. Wow. You totally got that right. Let's go. 48 and you got a pacemaker. All right, Simon. Twins pitcher and fan favorite Randy Dobnak signed a five-year contract this offseason. Known for his signature look of glasses and handlebar mustache, Dobnak went undrafted after pitching for tiny Alderson Brodus University, located two hours from Charleston, the capital city of this state. Ooh, this is tricky. It's a trap. I know you want me to say. Simon, if I want you to win, I don't want you to say this state. I want you to say the correct answer. I'll go uh, West Virginia. West, I can't believe you got that right. That is amazing. West Virginia. All right, Arash, here you go. <laughs> Mets fans rejoiced when ultra-billionaire and avid art collector Steve Cohn bought the team this offseason. Cohn once paid a record $155 million for a Picasso, painstakingly restored after someone accidentally poked a hole in it. Oh, this is right up your alley. That someone was this casino magnate whose signature property on the north end of the Vegas Strip bears his name. Steve Wynn. That's too easy. You probably like. <laughs> That's my home away from home. Thanks to Chad Milman. I basically you live there. <laughs> probably partied with Steve Wynn. <laughs> Wynn did the, the encore. Remember that night with LeBron James after the Cavs won the championship? <laughs> yes. That was at the win, Chad. That was at the win. Arash was in Vegas for something else. He was getting ready to go to bed. Someone uh, who runs the club 
at the win or the encore texted him and said, the Cavs are going to stop here on their way back from uh, San Francisco, having just won the NBA title in seven games against the Warriors. Uh, Arash shows up. He's let into the VIP space and he is the one who records <laughs> the first shirtless video of J.R. Smith popping champagne bottles and spraying everybody that becomes a meme for the next week because J.R. Smith never puts his shirt back on. He, he never put that shirt back on. All right, here we go. This is your prompt. Back in 2019, only the Rockies and the D-backs used humidors to store their baseballs. Now, reports say 10 teams will use them in 2021. Many of these teams remain a mystery and baseball betters are pissed. Amen. If you listen to the uh, Favorites podcast from earlier this week, Sean Zarillo, not happy about it. If you were a pro league commissioner and wanted to change the sport and infuriate gamblers, what piece of equipment would you secretly alter? Simon. What's your winning answer? I would love if they would just let them have corks in the bats and it would just be at random too. Like the players themselves don't even know. Bring a little bit more offense back into baseball. But I know people would lose their mind, especially every, like we know the old footage, like anytime a player would break their bat and the, the pitcher or whoever the umpire would pick it up with the cork in there all summer long. That's what you hear about the cork in the bat, like Sammy Sosa, everything like that. Baseball is so crazy about the ways that you can cheat, the ways you can't cheat, what they're good with, what they're not, the unwritten rules. Arash, what do you got? Well, this goes with all sports, but the ball. Like, remember when David Stern introduced a new basketball back in 2006 and, like, all the players complained about it? It was the most ridiculous thing. They, they, they sold it to sell more balls, a synthetic ball. These guys have been playing with this ball their entire lives, so this was the worst experiment during David Stern's time. Imagine that during a season – they switch out the ball. You can't change the ball. You can't mess with the ball. So if they did that or like different teams had their own ball, like don't mess with the ball. They've been playing with that their entire lives. Maybe I didn't like answer that Rush, correctly, your, but yeah. Your answer is incomprehensible. There's no okay. way you're going to win. Okay. BJ, BJ, please, please save a rush. I'm going to go with robot umpires, but with a twist, Chad. So we're going to keep the same home plate umpires behind home plate, but they're going to have really tiny earpieces in that nobody can see. And it's just Angel Hernandez and LB headquarters calling balls and strikes for every single game. Because wouldn't you want Major League Baseball's most experienced umpire calling balls and strikes for every single game? Plus, nobody would really know what a good or bad call is from here on. And if you want to infuriate gamblers, specifically maybe Sean Zarillo, that'd be a pretty good way to do it. That is the most devious, ingenious, <laughs> evil way to change this game. It's connected to like the most insider joke in baseball, which is Angel Hernandez as the umpire you never want. It connects it to one of the most hot button issues, which is balls and strikes and connects it to the broader conversation about the use of technology in calling those balls and strikes. Simon, you know, I love you. And you had an advantage because Arash like was just bumbling. But BJ, that was such a good answer. I'd expect that from a guy as smart as BJ. Well, thank you very much. But I was really just thinking what could piss off Sean Zarillo the most. If you were thinking creatively, then you totally nailed it. All right, BJ, you've got two big answers, right? So far. Well done. All right, here we go. Let's have some fun. We're going to play the nickname game. What's your name? Who are you? What's your name? What's your name? What's your name? Let's play the nickname game. 
Major League Baseball players have a rich history of colorful nicknames, so we asked our Action Network followers for their favorite current MLB nicknames. I answered this question on Twitter yesterday, but here are some answers. BJ, uh, Twitter follower at Mike Gundy 12 I can't. It's not really Mike Gundy who, who contributed, I'm sure. At Mike Gundy 12 said the greatest nickname belongs to the twins, Willens Astadio. He's also known as La Tortuga, the Spanish word for this reptile. Is that a dinosaur? Mm, no. no. The correct answer is tortoise. Tortuga? Tortoise? I was a Spanish miner too, so that's, that, that's going to hurt a little bit. Are you kidding me? I'm not. <laughs> what the fuck, man? How could you get that wrong knowing, being a Spanish miner? Well, I haven't really spoken Spanish since I graduated college, so that's probably why. Yeah, but that was like yesterday. All right, Simon, Twitter follower at Dud Lawson nominated Juan Soto of the Nationals for best nickname. His moniker, Childish Bambino. Oh my God, that's so good. It's a combination of Babe Ruth and Childish Gambino, the stage name of this actor and former star of NBC's Community. I have no idea. Carlos Mancia. Donald Glover. Oh. Childish Gambino, brilliant guy. Arash, Twitter follower, at Brett Brillanti, nominated Braves infielder Pablo Sandoval. His famous nickname derives from this popular 2008 animated martial arts film. Panda. Kung Fu Panda. Kung I'm going to give it to you. Well done, Arash. I redeemed myself. Yes. We'll see what happens in this question because, <laughs> because this is where you got to get creative. Okay. Here at The Favorites, we believe baseball needs more nicknames because cashing a ticket on a walk-off home run and screaming La Pantera is way more fun than saying hooray, Luis Robert. So your job is to choose any ML player and sell me on a brand new nickname. Arash, now is your chance to redeem yourself. I got to do this. Will Smith just turned 26, catcher for the Dodgers, future star in my book, the Fresh Prince. He is really pushing back on this name. He doesn't want it as his walk-up son. He does not want to be known. It doesn't matter. You can't pick your nickname, Chad. Will Smith is the Fresh Prince. He is the Fresh Prince. He's young. He's the catcher for the Dodgers. Will Smith lives in Hollywood. They got to make this happen. It doesn't matter what Will Smith wants. You are the Fresh Prince. That's your walk-up song. This is your name. Embrace it, young man. I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Uh, I would also like each of you to give me what your walk-up song would be since you mentioned it. And of course, I'll give you mine. Extra credit if I love your walk-up song. Genuine Pony. If Genuine Pony comes on and you're not up off your seat dancing, we can't be friends when you hear my name and I'm about to go up the bat, Genuine Pony. Genuine Pony and the Fresh Prince, BJ. So I'm going to go down the beaten path here a little bit for a nickname. I'm going to go with uh, Tiger's opening day starter, Matthew Boyd. And I'm going to give him the nickname Gas Can Matt Boyd because when things start going wrong, nobody stokes the fire quite like Matt Boyd. I mean, in three different times last year, he gave up seven earned runs. He only had 12 starts last year. He actually led Major League Baseball giving up 15 home runs and 12 starts. So if you're ever going to bet the Tigers this year and you're betting Matthew Boyd, maybe just steer clear of it and go somewhere else. So gas can Matt Boyd is what I'm going with. 
<laughs> Many layers to love there. And you are the leader in the clubhouse right now, obviously making a reference to the old time oil can Boyd pitcher for the Red Sox. I love that you're elevating it for the new generation, tying it to what a dumpster fire this guy can be when he's on the mound. I think that is amazing. Excellent, excellent leader in the clubhouse answer, but you got to back it up with a walk-up song. Yeah, I think I got to go. First thing off my head was September by Earth, Wind and Fire. I think that would just get everybody going, right? When you walk up to the plate. I mean, nobody can just sit down in their seat and just be quiet when that song comes on. So September, Earth, Wind and Fire. You are showing more personality today than anybody should expect from an accountant who lives in Iowa. I know. It's crazy, right? You came to play. Simon, BJ's giving you a run for his money. <laughs> now, originally I had done something mean, but I think I'm just going to end up telling a story anywhere. My, my nickname was going to be Casper for Mike Trout because you never hear from So I was going to go with Casper. That's good. But tell your you story. Like that? Yeah, I do like that. <laughs> so in 2010, um, as we know, I was working on TV and my cousin... You were working on the Jersey. Yep. My cousin, he was in high school. And he played for a small school and he made it to the state finals. So he's like, you have to come to this game. I like, go, all right, no doubt. I'm going to be there. And I get there and like small schools, like the tallest kid might be like 5'10", 5'9". Like these schools have small kids. And there's a kid there that is 6'2", probably like 220, just pure muscle. And of course, it's Mike Trout. He's from South Jersey. So my cousin's playing Mike Trout's team. And it's like the first inning. He gets on base. He steals first, steals second, and then he steals home. So he scores the first round of the game. So the game is 1-1 going into the ninth. And the coach brings everyone in. And they're all like, we just walked this kid. Like, we don't want to pitch to him. And he goes, I don't care if that kid's name is Pike, Bass, or Trout. We're pitching to this kid. <laughs> and first pitch, home run, Mike Trout. They went 2-1. to one. They went state. So that was my first experience with this kid, Mike Trout. And then sure enough, a year later, he gets drafted. He's a legend now in baseball. So that, that was my first experience of Mike Trout. I do love that nickname. It is so unfortunate that he ends up playing for Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Arash has a radio show in Southern California. I bet I can count on one hand the number of times he will talk about Mike Trout this year. Chad, the only time we talked about him yesterday was that he came in 10th in jersey sales behind Kike Hernandez. Kike Hernandez, utility player for the Dodgers who went to Boston, was nine. Mike Trout was 10th. He's not in Los Angeles, by the way, like anyone who's been to Southern California. Like Anaheim is not Los Angeles. Chad, I know you've spent some time there. It's not Los Angeles. If it takes you two hours to get from Los Angeles to somewhere, that place is not Los Angeles. But the point is, no one talks about Mike Trout out here. I completely agree with you. I love the nickname Casper. Give me your walk-up song. So I'll go a little old school rap. I always loved victory. I just remember anytime you hear the opening beat the victory, it just gets me amped. Yo, the sun don't shine forever, but as long as it's here, then we might as well shine together. Better now than never. I am going to award BJ Cunningham the prize for the second prompt because the way he tied it together with a reference to a song from the oil can era, it was poetic. And the only song that is better than any of these and maybe better than September is my walk-up song, Crazy in Love by Beyonce and Jay-Z. Simon is shaking his head. I don't understand. You guys don't like it? I mean, that's a great song. That was uh, that uh, came out when I was very young, but it is a very Fuck good you. song. Fuck you. Fuck you, it came out when you were very young. 
I don't even know. I don't even know when it came out. But I know anytime I'm on the elliptical and I hear that song come on my iPod, it's actually I carry around a boombox everywhere I go. Uh, I put my cassette in of Crazy in Love and it just gets me going. All right, it's time to give a score update. Right now, for some reason, even though he should win every game, Simon Hunter only has one point. Arash is in second place with two. BJ Cunningham, the soft-spoken, mild-mannered accountant from Iowa turned degenerate gambler, Action Network analyst extraordinaire who can cover every sport, has a model for any game, no matter what the contest. Apparently this one too, because he's winning and he's got three points. Here we go. Silver screen sluggers is our theme. For as long as there have been movies, there have been baseball movies. So let's talk about some important milestones. Simon, this is the 25th anniversary of The Fan, a movie about a San Francisco Giants star played by Wesley Snipes and an obsessed fan played by this incredibly famous two-time Oscar-winning actor. This has to be the one Robert Downey Jr., right? I'm going to give you half a point for getting the first name right and the first letter of the last name right. The answer is Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. That's what it was. That movie was like uncomfortable. Like I remember the end of it. Any fan was just like, uh, you felt icky after you watched that movie because you've been there. Man, I, I can't tell you how many times I've had just pure rage in my heart, even like other team or whatever, where like after you watch that movie, it's like, I want you to tone it down a little bit. It's just a game. Well, you know what, sweetie? I'm giving you the points because <laughs> I'm so excited that you got Robert and the letter D. All right. Arash, this year is the 20th anniversary of 61 Asterisk, a movie about Roger Maris and his pursuit of the home run record. It was directed by this Emmy-winning comedic actor and nine-time host of the Academy Awards. This was Billy Crystal. Dude, you are Hollywood. If you don't get this right, then <laughs> you're going to have to give back your residency card that for living in L.A. because that is ridiculous. The Yankees signed me to a one-day contract. And right? I was the DH, the designated Hebrew. All right, BJ, speaking of Billy Crystal, this year is the 30th anniversary of the film City Slickers. Despite being a huge Yankees fan, Crystal's character wears a hat of this other MLB team for most of the film, and they made a major contribution to his popular comic relief charity. Well, Chad, that movie came out before I was born, and I've never seen it. So I'm just going to take a stab at it and say the Boston Red Sox. It's the New York Mets. And you get one half point deducted for continuing to rub it in my face that you're young and I'm old. And that I, I think I saw that movie when I was in college. You'll win this battle, but you're going to lose the war because I'm going to fire your young ass after this is over. Please don't. I don't want to go back to being an accountant. You better, you better start being nicer to old people. Here we go. 2021 is the 35th anniversary of the original Bad News Bears, the heartwarming story of a drunken, loudmouth ex-minor league pitcher who, for some reason, is named the manager of a kid's baseball team. In the spirit of the Bad News Bears and their coach, Morris Buttermaker, please give me your pick for the MLB player who'd make the worst youth baseball coach. For example, Pete Rose would be an awful choice. BJ, you're up. 
Well, Chad, I'm going to cater to your hometown of Chicago here, and I'm going to go with Big Z, Carlos Zambrano, because I don't think anybody from the early 2000s had more, let's call it, uh, passion than Carlos Zambrano. And I can just imagine him coaching a little league team and screaming at the umpire, getting kicked out of his third straight game, and as a parent sitting in the crowd being like, you know what, I think I'm just going to sign up little Johnny for soccer. I don't think baseball is really his thing. So I'm going to go with Big Z. I like that a lot. All right, Arash. Listen, I like Trevor Bauer. He's from North Hollywood. He went to UCLA. He came down back to the hometown Dodgers. Terrible youth baseball coach. This guy pitched with one eye closed just because he wanted to test himself. What are you talking about? And he's addicted to social media. As soon as he comes to Los Angeles, he said, I'm going to take a break from social media. He's right back on. I'm not a fan. He would. He's a fantastic pitcher, not a good youth baseball coach. All right. Trevor Bauer. Cy Young winner, new pitcher for the Los Angeles Dodgers, the World Series defending champion, Simon. In my head, immediately I thought of Kenny Powers, but I know that's a fictional character. <laughs> I really be my companion. Here. I'm walking to a fucking hornet's nest, all right? Now be my companion. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll have to go with Barry Bonds. Like that man, he is so intimidating and scary and he's weird. So I can't imagine him being with a bunch of kids. <laughs> Like trying to act nice and sweet. And then he'll just eventually snap when all these kids can't get hits. And he's like, you know, this guy is the, one of the greatest hitters ever. He could see what kind of scenes were coming in on the baseball before he would hit it. Like this guy is one of a kind. So for someone that would lose their cool and that's full of old roid rage, I'm going to go with Barry Bonds. Allegedly. I think that's a really interesting idea. I'm giving Simon Hunter the win on this one. All right. Part four. Here we go. We can all agree that Angels outfielder Mike Trout, the eight-time All-Star, three-time MVP, killer of dreams for small-town teams in southern New Jersey, should never be confused with actual trout, the beloved species of fish. So in honor of opening day, we're going to play a game called Mike Trout or Real Trout. Fucking Matt Mitchell. The game is very simple. (laughs) I will give you a trout fact. (laughs) You tell me if it applies to Mike Trout, actual trout, or both. You ready? BJ, Mike Trout or real trout? I feel like I should get some Regis Philbin who wants to be a millionaire music under this. BJ, Mike Trout or real trout? Comfortable in both freshwater and ocean water. I'm gonna go Real trout. Both. The answer is both. Matt Mitchell did extensive research on this. Simon, real trout or Mike Trout has been observed in every continent except Antarctica. Real trout. Correct. Arash, real trout or Mike Trout, native to New Jersey. Mike Trout. It's both. Chad, we have talked about Mike Trout more on this show than all of Los Angeles media combined. Not just radio, not just news, all of Los Angeles media. Combined. It's true. Mike Trout has gotten more national attention on this show <laughs> than he has in all of media combined. That is no joke. All right, BJ, real trout or Mike Trout? Proven ability to spawn. Both. Correct. Simon. Current value, real trout or Mike Trout? $557,000 per pound. I'm gonna go with Mike Trout. Correct. Arash, this is apropos for, for what we've been saying. 
extremely popular in Far East Russia. There's no way Far East Russia knows about Mike Trout. Los Angeles, California doesn't know about Mike Trout. Far East Russia, so I'm gonna say real trout. You are correct. <laughs> Last prompt for this round that we're gonna recap the scoring because that was a lightning round. Unlike Mike Trout, Major League Baseball started showing some mercy on the opposition recently. A new rule during spring training allowed pitching teams to invoke a mercy rule, ending an inning early provided the pitcher had thrown at least 20 pitches. As a gambler, please describe a specific instance in any sport that makes you pine for a mercy rule to declare your bet a loss. For example, again, Matt Mitchell, Western New York native, Buffalo Bills fan. If Josh Allen gets hurt and Buffalo is trailing, Matt Mitchell would invoke the mercy rule and tear up his Bills ticket instead of watching Mitch Trubisky enter the game. BJ, you're first. Whenever you're betting an underdog in baseball, that's like plus 175 or, or worse. If that starting pitcher can't get out of the first inning, I'd say just call mercy on it because I don't need to spend the next three hours watching the Tigers or the Pirates, the Orioles, middle relief, trying to navigate those innings and try to keep them in the game. So I'd rather just call mercy and go do better things with my life. Practical advice from a professional baseball better, Arash. You know, in uh, Los Angeles, Chad, we head for the doors late in the game or, you know, when Kenley Jansen comes into the game, when Dave Roberts goes to the bullpen and Kenley Jansen, he used to be great, but that's a loss. I'm sorry. More often than not, unfortunately, hopefully he's not the full-time closer for the Dodgers, but mercy rule when Kenley Jansen comes into the game, that's a loss for the Dodgers. I'm sorry. So you want mercy rule on Kenley Jansen in relief. Simon, you're up. Now I'm going to do something close to home with Chad because hopefully I'll skew his, uh, his number scoring here. I'll have to go any time the Bears are down two points and they're bringing a kicker on when there's less than a minute to go. <laughs> Don't even need to kick it. Mercy rule, other team wins. I feel like that would be a good answer for that one. Honestly, that's like a kick in the dick. That just <laughs> hurts so much to think about it. Oh, my God. Simon, of course you're going to win. You start the show pranking me. I admire your mercilessness. You win that. It's time to update the score. Somehow, as we head into the grand finale, Simon Hunter, my BFF, the only one I want to actually win, he has five points. A miraculous run of trout. You might say it was a spring run. Do trout run in the spring? I don't know, but he got a lot of trout answers right. Arash and BJ are currently tied at four. This is their chance to come back. The topic is the unbreakable record. How much would you like to risk? Please text your wager amount to producer Matt Mitchell. Here we go. The question is, the Cincinnati Reds were a very average team in 1938, and Johnny Vandermeer was a very average player. But over the course of two consecutive games that season, the 23-year-old nicknamed the Dutch Master accomplished a feat so remarkable, it's known as the most unbreakable record in baseball. One Vegas bookmaker said the odds of breaking his record are, quote, a long shot so long it's basically incalculable, end quote. What did Johnny Vandermeer do? Text your responses directly to Matt Mitchell. The question is, what did Johnny Vandermeer do? Simon, you're up first. I said innings pitched. You'd be wrong. What did you wager? All of it. As always, Simon goes all in because you are- Every time. You are my BFF and you're a fucking gambler and that's why I love you and that's why you're the co-host of this podcast. 
But now you got zero points. Okay. Yep. Arash, what did you wager and what is your answer? Probably going to get this wrong. I have no idea. But most consecutive Grand Slams. <laughs> you are now at zero. Okay. <laughs> oh, well. DJ, what did you wager? What is your answer? Well, now I'm kind of regretting wagering at all, all four points. But uh, my answer is most batters face without recording an out. Oh, my God. <laughs> Everyone's at zero. The answer is he threw two consecutive no hitters. Matt, lead us. Chad, in the event of a tie, we invoke the Favorites Thursday Thunderdome Sudden Death Challenge. A single numerical question, the winner will be the closest without going over classic Price is Right rules. Please give me this number. The total number of Mike Trout career Major League home runs plus the average weight of an adult rainbow trout. Good luck. Okay, we have a tie of everybody at zero because everybody went all in on the final question and nobody got it right. You had to text your answers to Matt Mitchell. What is the combined number, the combined total of Mike Trout home runs in his career and the average weight of a rainbow trout, that total number? In Slack, Matt Mitchell sent me the answer. Can you please give us Simon Hunter's answer? Simon said 230. 230. What did Arash Markazi say? 305. What did the accountant BJ Cunningham say? Incredibly, BJ Cunningham has 308. Holy shit, he is a genius. (laughs) Mike Trout has 302 career home runs and the average weight of a rainbow trout is eight pounds. The answer is 310. The way you reacted, I thought I got it right on the nose. (laughs) You came so pretty close. close. (laughs) Simon, what do you think of that? I'm just a hurt defeat. I can't believe I wagered gold and I blew it. I I knew it. I was like, you messed up though. I blame it on you because usually you give us a hint about what the question's going to be. But this time you didn't. You were just like, give me a number. So I was like, all right, screw it. I'll go all five. So I blame you, Chad, of course. Well, you should. I'm supposed to be your ally on this. We're (laughs) supposed to be teammates. It's like Survivor. I'm against everybody else. And I kind of screwed you. BJ Cunningham, you have won this week's edition of the Thunderdome. And for that, we are going to give you a season supply of baseball games to write about until your fingers (laughs) fall off. Everybody should go read him in the Action Network app on actionnetwork.com. Follow him in the Action Network app. He's a genius. That's why we love him. He's proven it today. Also, go follow Arash Markazi on Instagram. It will be a joy ride that you cannot believe. <laughs> and you will be living viscerally through him and think, what have I done wrong with my life? Continue to listen to me and Simon Hunter on the favorites, the volume network. And before we sign off, here's a word from our fearless leader, Action Network CEO, Patrick Keen. I am a strong man. Anyone in this office, take a run at me. This has been The Favorites, part of the Volume Network, Colin Cowherd's Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. For my co-host, Simon Hunter. For my guests, Arash Markazi, BJ Cunningham. Download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you. Love you.